And hello, everyone, and welcome to a program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host Nathan Jones and Tim Moore. We're so excited to be here for today's program as part of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Today's message has been titled God's Flock as we look at Ezekiel chapter 34. For those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family. And those of you following us on Pray.com, likewise. And we thank you for being part of today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Tim Moore if he will open us up with a word of prayer. I sure will. I'd be delighted to. Thank you very much, Vic. Father God, we're so grateful that we can connect across the miles uh, just to record this program and that through modern technology, we can be connected with brothers and sisters in Christ and those who are hungering to know him all across this land and really around the world through uh, our internet and other means of getting this message out. We pray that we would be encouraging to those whose hearts are burdened, that we would be enlightening to those whose hearts are darkened, and that we would always bring glory and honor to your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Mm, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuning to a Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore. Again, our topic is God's flock as we look at Ezekiel chapter 34. So we have, we ask that you continue to pray for our program today. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome our guests to the program, Tim and Nathan. My brothers, how are you doing? Tim, it's great to have you back. I'm glad to be back to back-to-back, near back-to-back trips to Israel and, of course, our annual conference. It's been a busy last couple of months, but glad to be here today. That is fantastic. And, of course, Nathan Jones, another wonderful week. It has been, brother. It's always good to minister with you. It's the, one of the highlights of my week. I know it's always a lot of fun. And um, again, we thank those of you that follow us regularly and pray for us. We have a great program prepared for, uh, for you today. But for those of you that maybe are tuning in for the first time and you're not familiar with the ministry, Nathan, will you be able to tell them how they can get a hold of our resources and also what we do in the ministry? Well, certainly. If you're new to Lamb and Lion Ministries, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry, and our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. We are excited that the signs of the times point to the Lord's soon return, and, and we want to get other people excited as well. I, we would love to see all of Christendom, as Dr. Reagan used to call it, uh, be excited about the Lord's return and be energized to share the gospel and to live holy lives. So that's why Lamb and Lion Ministries exists, and Tim leads us in that direction. And so if you want to get know more about the ministry, most people know us from our television program, Christ in Prophecy, which is now airing in its 23rd season. You can catch that on your major TV networks like Daystar or CTN and uh, Cajun uh, if you're into uh, all these programs out there. But if you're more of an Internet person, then check us out on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel, your Rumble channel. But most of it is on our website at ChristandProphecy.org or our app called the Lamb Lion app, which you can download on all the major platforms. So we invite you to come check us out on ChristandProphecy.org. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Yes, take advantage of those wonderful resources. But welcoming Tim again. Tim, so tell us a little bit about where were you? How did things go on your trip? Well, things uh, went very well. Two groups uh, beginning in May and again in June. 
So our trips typically follow the same footprint, at least in locations. We spend two nights in Tel Aviv, two nights in Tiberias, right on the Sea of Galilee, and the rest of our time in Jerusalem. Next year, we'll have two different types of trips. So the first one, beginning on June 22nd, will be a Battle for Israel tour, where we'll stay again two nights in Tel Aviv, visiting sites in that area, three nights in Tiberias, so not just at the Sea of Galilee, but all the way up into the Golan Heights, right at the border of Lebanon, a place where many battles have been fought just in the last uh, half century, and then the rest of our time in and around Jerusalem. And then in the fall, in November, we will actually go back on our Battle for Israel, or excuse me, on our traditional Footsteps of Jesus trip on November 9th through 20th. So all the information about the itinerary, the specific sites can be found on our website. And very soon, we will publish the uh, the actual price for our trip in June. We have to wait till we get airfare and some other uh, pricing nailed down, but I expect that will happen in just the next couple of weeks. And then we'll begin taking registrations. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Tim, for sharing that. So again, for those of you that are tuned into this program, what a great opportunity for you. And Tim, sometimes people worry that they think it's unsafe because they hear about Israel, but that's not the case, right? No, it's really not the case. Israel is much safer, uh, by and large, even than most American cities, including the small towns in Texas and Kentucky and Florida, where the three of us hail from uh, recently. So it is a very safe locale. Now, there are periods of unrest. People will hear, well, what about the rockets? Those are typically very localized down around the Gaza Strip. There are threats in Israel, but even our going is a testimony of our faith in the one who protects and preserves Israel, and we know keeps us in the center of his will. So I've never felt unsafe. Our pilgrims will tell you that they feel uh, very comfortable walking around the streets of Jerusalem at night which many of them wouldn't do in their own hometowns. So if you can get through the, uh, the cities here in America where we leave from, the rest of the trip is smooth sailing. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that, Tim. Yeah, I used to live in Miami, so I totally understand. <laughs> I know, when you think about the 4th of July, there was four major shootings in America on the 4th of July, whereas Israel, there was nothing. Uh, most people don't realize that in Israel, the people are all trained and all military trained. Yet military on the streets holding machine guns. You guys, the schools are protected by guards with guns. And everybody's armed and dangerous uh, safety-wise. So it's a whole population of people trained to protect and have combat. So it's like having security guards surround you wherever you go. That, I, that is so true. And, and, and that's why, again, for those of you that maybe have been contemplating going to Israel, what a great opportunity to go with our ministry. I think you will be uh, so blessed and uh, uh, keep that in prayer. And, and Nathan, speaking of protection, you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. And uh, we've been looking at Ezekiel chapter 34. Prior to that, we were talking about the uh, uh, Ezekiel as a watchman on the wall. And then he also spoke to us about uh, these false teachers that would arise. And then he spoke to us about God's people, how they were uh, being taken advantage of. But God promised how he would uh, protect them. And of course, that's why we titled today's program God's Flock. And we're going to see how God indeed cares for his people. He will protect his people and he will go to fight uh, for them. But Nathan, maybe someone missed a few of our episodes. Might you be you would be able to give them a quick recap of some of the things that we spoke about and where we left off? 
Yeah, you, you actually have to go back to 1 Samuel, where the, the Israelites wanted a king. They didn't want Samuel. They want the prophets or the judges anymore. They wanted a king like the other people. And so the people went to Samuel and said, Samuel, we want a king. Your sons aren't worthy. And so Samuel went to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, okay, I'll grant it, but tell them that a king will take your daughters. He will take your sons and put them there. He'll take your crops. He'll take your taxes. He'll send you into wars. Uh, humanity as leaders will always fail you because they're fallen human people. The Israelites were like, no, 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 we want to have a king. And so God granted him a king, first with King Saul. They had good kings like Saul, uh, David. They had bad kings like Saul and Ahab and some of the others. So now we're about 2,600 years ago, about 600 B.C., and we've gone through uh, four or 500 years of Israel's history with mostly bad kings, mostly wars, Israel suffering under human government, uh, the Israelites getting worse and worse because their, their priests and their kings did not represent the Lord to them and lead them on the path of righteousness. And we're at the point now where Israel is gone. It was taken by the Assyrians in 722 B.C. It's now 586 B.C. The Babylonians have invaded Judah, taken their cities away, and Jerusalem is under siege. The elders are asking uh, Ezekiel, the prophet, why is God doing it? Where, like, God says, well, you haven't talked to me in a few hundred years. Let me tell you why. And so he's gone through how the Lord is punishing Israel. He's going to send them into exile in Babylon for 70 years so that a righteous, believing remnant can come back and set up uh, the nation of Israel once more. We're at chapter 34, where, well, in 33, the watchmen were calling and warning the people that, that disaster is coming and the people wouldn't listen. So now in 34, the Lord is summarizing up 500 or so years of history, and he's saying, hey, you have now seen hundreds of years of suffering under a human king, but I promise you one day you will have a divine king over you, and you'll marvel at the difference. And that's where we are in history right now. Nathan, and that is fantastic. So God promises to protect his flock. Uh, he's, uh, God shares how David will be the prince among them. And he's also speaking prophetically of things that will happen in the future. But we notice in verse 26 through verse 31, this, um, this amazing uh, reference of how God is going to shelter and protect his people. So as we open up, we want to invite you to get your Bibles and follow along with us as we dive into Ezekiel chapter uh, 30. Nathan, will you be able to read for us their verses uh, 26 uh, through 29, and then I'll pick it up in verse 30 through 31 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. Okay, I'll pick it up in verse uh, 26 of Ezekiel 34. I will make them in the place all around them, my hill, a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord, when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid. Mm, verse 29, I will raise up for them a garden of renewal, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, and nor bear the shame of the Gentiles anymore. Thus they shall know that I am the Lord their God, I am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. 
You are men and I am your God, says the Lord God. Uh, Tim, I love this passage and I just love the reference here to God's people, again, being a, a flock, how he's there to protect and preserve them. Isn't that a beautiful picture? It really is. And it's not just a picture of, of us as a collective flock, although in this case, that is clearly the image. And so you can think, well, I'm part of a, a large group. And yes, that is the church. But even down to the individual sheep, uh, David, the great uh, poet and king, wrote in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. So it is an individual relationship. The Lord says he leaves the 99 to go after the one lost sheep. So even as we're part of a, a larger flock and it's bigger than just any of us individually, God cares for each and every one of us one by one individually, loving us only as a good shepherd can. And, and I love that. And, and, you know, Tim, it's also a great reference how, uh, again, as you mentioned, God uh, is there for his people and, and God encourages those that are in leadership, also pastors and leaders, uh, to look out for his people, to look out for the flock. And I'm reminded of uh, the passage in, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, where it just speaks so beautifully about that. Would you be able to read for us, uh, Tim, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yep, here it goes. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight and not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples of the flock, or to the flock. And when the good shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. So again, the, the call to all of us put in a position of, of responsibility or leadership or just oversight. And that can come down to a, an individual family with a husband, a father, a mom, watching over their children and their own family. It can come in a workplace setting. It obviously can come within the context of the church. And I love that because I, I, we find that the word flock uh, is so important. And again, Tim, that was a good point. It can be used in different areas, the family or the church. God's people here in the book of Ezekiel uh, are called his flock. They're to be protected. And Nathan, you would agree that here flocks oftentimes are vulnerable. And this is why God is going to be stepping in, as he promised, to protect his people. Because I've never seen a sheep learning Kung Fu to protect themselves. <laughs> uh, now you talk to people who, who raise sheep and they'll tell you that sheep are the dumbest creatures. The, they can't <laughs> for anything. You know, uh, they, they could be taken down by a chipmunk. They're, they're pretty pathetic and they need constant guardianship. So you've got this time period in Israel that was agrarian in nature. So. You know, we might talk today a little differently about grandmas carrying guns or something. Uh, back then, you know, they had shepherds and sheep. People knew what they were talking about when Ezekiel and later Jesus Christ would, would tell the same thing. And these sheep needed protection. So in the beginning of chapter 34, as we talked about last time, is that there were irresponsible shepherds. These kings, these human leaders that were put over the Israelites were, for the most part, pretty bad. Uh, there were some, some good ones here and there scattered about, but... Not many. Remember Israel, the northern kingdom, they had all bad kings. And so the Lord is making this. And I think this chapter 34 is, is almost like uh, reaching a summit of understanding for the Jewish people. Got to remember, 
that they are at their greatest cataclysm in all of their history. They are about to see extinction as a nation. They're looking ahead at being enslaved by the Babylonians going forward. They don't see their nation going ahead. They realize that, oh my goodness, this is when one big object lesson, we now understand that human kings are bad. And that God here doesn't leave them hanging and send them off in wrath up to Babylon. He's letting them know that there will be a good shepherd. He will come and he will restore them and he'll give them esteem amongst the nations and he will rule and reign over them one day. Now, we're not living in that day. We're in the church age, as Tim said. That's the millennial kingdom. He's pointing to the very, very, very far future for the Israelites then. But brother, I believe, and I think we all here at Lamb and Lion believe, that we're getting very close to the millennial kingdom in this age. Oh, Nathan, I will definitely agree. And this is why we need to stay close to the Lord and make sure that we are under his protection because we see there's a lot of danger coming. And uh, uh, for if you find yourself outside of God's protection, you're going to be in big trouble. So again, for those of you that just tuned in, you tuned into our Truth to Set Me Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, uh, Tim Moore with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, we're talking about God's flock as we look at Ezekiel chapter 34. And Tim, you would agree that this is an applicable applicable message for us today because here we notice that these God's people became prey uh, to their enemy because they had uh, 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 in a sense strayed from following their shepherd and there's many people today Tim that are falling prey to a lot of dangers because they're also walking away from their protector which is God certainly so and obviously there's a reason that we have strength being a part of a body. There are too many Christians these days who say, I, I don't need to go to church. I don't need part, to be part of the body of Christ. I'm just, it's just me and God. Well, that's not the model that is presented to us in scripture. God calls his followers, Jesus Christ calls his followers to be part of his body, which means the church. And you say, well, I don't need their help. Well, I'm sure that some of them need your help and need the encouragement that is offered when we gather together, and as uh, my favorite passage in Hebrews says, do not forsake the assembling together as is the habit of some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you say the days are drawing near. So just as Nathan said, we believe the days are drawing near. We should be encouraging one another. But those who do stray, they fall prey to the lions. And back in the day and age that this was written, there were still bears in Israel. And so neither of those predators exist today, but our predators are much more ferocious than lions and tigers and bears because it is none other than the the devil himself who roams the earth like a, uh, a lion seeking for those to devour. We need to stay close to the shepherd. And I would draw one other point. You know, Jesus in John chapter 10 says that he is the good shepherd, that his sheep hear his voice, but sheep need to obey the shepherd and need to follow him. One of my guides in Israel makes a beautiful point as you see the mountains, especially just east of Jerusalem, they look desolate. It's the Judean wilderness, but there are small little tufts of grass that are growing all over those mountainsides that we can barely see with the human eye unless you get very close by. And yet it is fodder for sheep and goats. And so the shepherd knows where to lead his flocks to find the good grass, the, the waters that are refreshing, and sometimes as you drive along, you can see these sheep paths circling around the mountain. And my guide makes a point. None of those paths are straight. 
because as it circles the mountain, only the shepherd knows where the flock is headed. The sheep has to trust the shepherd and has to follow him. Otherwise, they're going to fall down the mountainside or they're going to wander off and become prey for a wild animal or a bandit. But if you trust the shepherd, he knows where he's going. He knows how to lead the flock. He knows how to protect the flock. And sure enough, he will lead them just as David's psalm said, to, to springs of living water and to good pastures. And that's what our Lord does for us. And what a beautiful analogy, Tim. And you being there in Israel and seeing that uh, firsthand, it, it's just an, an amazing thing. And that's why we encourage those of you that are part of this program. Listen, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. Maybe you found yourself that you've strayed from God. Maybe you found yourself on the uh, on the wrong side. Maybe you are that wayward sheep that has uh, gone, gone, gone astray. Well, I want you to know that God loves you and his plan is to seek uh, those that are lost and to bring him back to his flock. Nate, uh, Matthew chapter 23, verses 37 through 39, paint a beautiful picture of how God's plan is to uh, shelter his people and protect his people. Would you be able to read for us, Nathan, Matthew 23, verses 37 through 39, in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Sure. You're tempting me to say no, though, just to throw you off your game, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're always so polite asking, but uh, okay. Verse 37. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chick under her wings, but you were not willing. See, the house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And Nathan, once again, we see speaking of the future, how God's always there trying to collect his people. They, they Just like many of us as, as believers, we have a tendency to want to do our own thing. And we find ourselves wrapped up in all these issues and problems. And yet God says, how I want to just put my arms around you and bring you into me. And we see, right, Nathan, that that's still God's plan for people. He wants them to come to him. He loves them. And he wants them to be sheltered and protected under his wings. And bear in mind, what we're reading here in Matthew is 600 years after uh, God's message to Ezekiel that we just read in chapter 34. And doesn't it sound like the same message? Well, why is it the same message? Because it's the same messenger. Uh, God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. They're unchanging. And so they've always loved Israel and they've always wanted to, to redeem her and bring her back. And yet look what Jesus says. Just like he, he said back in Ezekiel's time, you're just not willing. So we know that after the 70 years of exile, a believing remnant did come back under Zerubbabel, uh, also with the high priest Joshua. They had the prophets Haggai and Zechariah to lead them. And, and for a time, they came in and out of belief. They were strongest under Ezra and Nehemiah. But by the 400s, they waned. And by Malachi's time, the Israelites just didn't care about God anymore. We had 400 years where God uttered not a word to the Israelites until Christ was born and John the Baptist started proclaiming the message of the Messiah. And what do we hear from Jesus? The same message that he gave him back in Ezekiel. It's, it's, it's really, truly tragic. You know, mentioning about Tim being over in Israel and you know, seeing the people there and seeing the Orthodox and they're still rejecting Jesus as the Messiah. But look what he says here in verse 39, which is tremendously prophetic. He says, you will not see me again until I say, 
until you say, excuse me, Baruch Kabab B'Shem Adonai. In other words, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when are the Jewish people going to say that? When they see Jesus burst from the clouds and come and rescue the remnant at the end of the seven-year tribulation. So these passages that you have us reading there are just chock full of prophecy, but they also show us the heart of God, how much he loves his people and he's willing to sacrifice for them. That oh, by yeah, Go ahead. the passage in John chapter 10, where Jesus is telling us that he is the good shepherd. He said uh, in verse 11 of John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And indeed, Jesus did. He laid down his life so that those who hear his voice and follow him can be saved. But again, our part is to believe God just as it was in Abraham's day. He was credited with righteousness because he believed God, because he followed the Lord because he was obedient. We can say, well, he wasn't perfect in his obedience. No, no one has been except Jesus Christ, the son. But because he purposed in his heart to follow the Lord, to believe God, it was credited to him as righteousness. And as we follow the voice of the Lord, our good shepherd, because he has given himself for us, then we too are credited with his righteousness. And he promised in verse 16 of that same chapter, John 10, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. In other words, he's talking to Jewish audience in that day, but already he's telling them there will be others who come in and they will become one flock with one shepherd. That is Jesus Christ. And so all who put our trust in him, we are part of the great flock to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful message. And Tim, I think you might be just speaking right now to someone who has strayed and they're listening to this program and deep down in their heart, they recognize, man, that's me right there. I am that sheep that has strayed. I'm being prayed to all the things of this world. I've gone through some tough times. And maybe, Tim, this, those individuals are, are ready to return. Uh, what, what would you say to them and how can they return to Jesus and maybe even start that personal relationship right now with him? Well, for those who have already put faith in Christ, I just point to none other than Peter. Peter was the first to testify, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, you didn't come to that knowledge on your own. It was the Holy Spirit who revealed it to you. And yet just a handful of verses later, Peter is the one who's telling Jesus, no, you're not going to die. And Jesus rebukes Peter and says, get behind me, Satan, because it was Satan who was inspiring Peter to try to... Uh, to stop the will of God in terms of Jesus giving himself. So Peter was a man who was just like us. Sometimes he, he got it with great insight and sometimes he strayed. Obviously when Jesus was crucified, Peter denied him three times, but Christ had already foretold to Peter that he would deny him three times. But he said, Satan has asked to sift you. You're going to be sifted, but when you have returned, you will be restored. And indeed, when Jesus was resurrected, he called on Peter and asked him, do you really love me? Yes, Lord. Do you really love me? Yes, Lord. Do you really love me? Yes, Lord. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And so Peter was restored in spite of his strength. You know what? All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. We are prone to wander, as the old song says, prone to leave the Lord I love. That's our human nature. Jesus is standing ready to forgive, to call us back into the fold, and to restore us to a purpose and to, to fulfilling his will. And for those who have not yet entered into that sheepfold, his call is for all who hear his voice. So 
if you're listening to us, to us today and, and your heart is resonating with what we're saying and you realize I'm tired of going it on my own, I'm tired of getting preyed on by Satan and all the, the forces in this world, I want a good shepherd to lead me and, and to entrust myself to him, then all you have to do is say, Lord, come into my life. I am I'm asking forgiveness. I, I regret all the sins I've committed against you and others. Please forgive me. I do accept the free gift of salvation through none other than Jesus Christ. I don't trust in my own good works. I don't trust in my ability to stay good. But because of his goodness, because of his righteousness, I gladly accept the credit of righteousness that you offer for a life everlasting. And anyone who comes to Christ with that heart, he will save. Ooh, what a wonderful news. Thank you so much, Tim. And hey, maybe you, wherever you are, you pray that prayer. Maybe you right now turn to Christ and, and, and in all honesty, you open your heart to him and you invited him in. We would love to hear from you. We would love to give you a Bible and a study guide so that you can continue to grow with your relationship with the Lord. If you reach out to us here at Christ in Prophecy and also we want to welcome you to God's family. That's why each week before we close the program, we give an opportunity for people to come to the Lord. So Tim, I want to thank you so much for sharing that wonderful news. Nathan, also thank you for continuing to expand those scriptures and recap them for us. And of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but Tim and Nate, what a pleasure it is to be able to share with you guys. I hope you have a great week. God bless you as well and all our listeners also. Godspeed. Thank you so much again. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, and Tim Moore saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. I hope you guys have a fantastic week.